Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to episode 18 of the Let's Give a Damn podcast, where I talk with people who saw something wrong that needed to be made right, and they gave a damn about it. I have so much fun chatting with these incredible world changers, and I hope you have fun listening, learning, and acting on what you've heard and learned. I want to begin this episode by sharing a little bit about the sponsor for this show, Scout Books from Portland, Oregon, a company that truly does give a damn. They make custom pocket notebooks for your brand, business, event, or anything else you might want a sweet notebook for. But what really makes Scout Books unique is that they make all of their books with 100% recycled paper and they run their shop off of renewable energy. Scout Books also sponsors projects that benefit organizations doing good like the ACLU and the National Forest Foundation. They recently launched a book called We the People Are Powerful, a field guide to getting active in local politics, which is a place where individual action can really make a difference. So if you, the Let's Give a Damn listener, want to make a guide to taking action in your own community or create a fundraiser giveaway or just check out some really well-made notebooks, Scout Books is offering 15% off anything in their store. So go check out scoutbooks.com slash give a damn. That's scoutbooks.com slash give a damn for 15% off Scout Books. Now, back to the intro. Tomorrow, I head up the East Coast for a trip where I'm going to hit four cities and I'm going to record about 12 podcast episodes. I am super stoked and also super nervous just to make sure that everything actually works and actually fits in. I'll be in New York City, I'll be in Washington, D.C., I'll be in Baltimore, and I'll be in Philadelphia. I'm going to have conversations with several incredible people. To mention one person, Noor Tagori, check her out at Instagram.com forward slash Noor, N-O-O-R, an incredible woman doing incredible things, even at a young age. Very inspired by her and I'm super excited to interview her. Peter Shankman, an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker that has invested a lot of his time and continues to invest a lot of time uh, investing in people that have ADD and ADHD. We're going to be talking with B. Juwan from Philadelphia. Uh, you can check him out at Haircut for Homeless on Instagram. An incredible man using the gift that he has to help people that don't have much. Those are three examples of the 11 or 12 interviews that we're going to do. I'm so stoked to share those with you over the next two to three months. Very, very excited. So here's what we're going to do for this episode. I want to do something a little bit different. It's a busy week. If you're listening to this on July 4th when this releases, you're at a family gathering or maybe you're going to listen to it on your way home after a family gathering. So I didn't want to give you a brand new episode. What I wanted to do is pull some of my favorite highlights from over the last few months and weeks and wanted to share those with you. Hopefully they coincide with some of your favorite moments of the conversations I've had, but I definitely wanted to pull some very impactful moments, some moments that I remember very vividly in my memory from the conversations I've had. So we're going to do six different clips that will last a few minutes each, and we're going to go on a little journey here through a few of the conversations I've been able to have. So very excited to hear from some of our guests. I'm going to intro and outro each clip so you'll know where we're going and so you'll be able to recall if you've listened to all the episodes you'll be able to recall who we're talking about if you haven't listened to all the episodes hopefully this episode will get you will put a fire under your butt to go listen to uh, some of those other episodes so without further ado here are some of my favorite moments so far and not all of them let me preface that sorry I'm gonna stop my little intro to that 
These are not all my favorite moments. I've had so many favorite moments on each conversation. I've loved every single person I've had the chance to talk to. But these are just some ones that stick out. And uh, we'll continue to do these highlight you know, reels as you know, the Let's Give a Damn family grows and as we continue to put out podcast episodes. But I wanted to start with these for your listening pleasure. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here's a clip from my conversation with Bucky Buckstaver from Portland, Oregon. Bucky started Fly Fishing Collaborative, which is a company, is an organization that raises money to help free women and children from sex trafficking, from human trafficking. So first of all, go check out Fly Fishing Collaborative. And also, here is a few of my favorite minutes from that talk with Bucky. Were there specific moments or circumstances in your life that caused you to begin giving a damn about uh, other people, people outside your your sphere where you lived, or or was it more of a series of moments and circumstances? Um, yeah, that's a great question, and I think for me, um, I think it was a growing realization for me that helped me to learn how to give a damn for other people, and I think. I think there was uh, some inhibiting factors for me that kept me from really caring and giving a damn mm. about others. And I think both of those factors that inhibited me from caring for others, the way that I believe we should and what makes us thrive, is I think that both of them are related to some sort of fear. And here's what I mean mm-hmm. by that. Um, I wouldn't care for the needs of others because, unfortunately, I was afraid of what it would demand of me. Wow. And that's the result of living in a hyper-consumeristic society and culture. Sure. Seriously. Like, if, if I'm going to ignore, and we tend to run from the things that we're afraid of, don't we? 100%. And so, yeah. And so for me, I was afraid of actually engaging in the needs of other people, not because I was afraid of any kind of damage I would do to them. I was afraid that it would demand too much of me and then I would lose some of my comfort. Yeah. 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 I mean, our whole society is built up around that, right? Like build, build your little kingdom up, budget everything out perfectly. And we, we don't want to head in the direction of giving ourselves to others because it means uh, vulnerability. It means uncertainty about what's next because we're not predictable, right? Circumstances and the shitty things that happen in this life are not predictable or they don't always look how they should or how we want them. And so totally, I think you're hitting it hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And so learning how to overcome that fear that I'm actually, cause here's, here's the deception behind that is we convince ourselves that if we live for our own comfort and for ourselves that we're going to find it. But in reality, that's not the way that humanity is designed. Mm. When we actually live for the good of others, that's when we begin to thrive. But for some reason, but our culture doesn't send that message. I think the American consumeristic culture doesn't. I think there's things in our culture that does, but we are inherently selfish beings. And so overcoming that selfishness, um, I think, is when we truly find out who we're supposed to be and how we thrive. So it was that realization that kind of helped me to give a damn. And another growing realization that I've had over the last handful of years is that I actually um, can help others. Because another thing that I was afraid of, and this results, this is kind of stemming from my early childhood, is 
I was afraid of that I didn't really have what it takes to be able to make a difference in the lives of others. Mm. I'm not capable of giving them what they need. And so, again, the, a fear of not being able to help would cause me to run away sure, or ignore the needs around me. And so with the realization that, man, I am not supposed to just live for myself, but there's a greater story that I need to be a part of. And part of that greater story that I get to be a part of is not just about my life, but it's about how my life is to benefit other people around me. And then the second thing is that I actually, I actually have something to offer in this world. That, those two concepts changed my life. I wanted to share a few minutes from my conversation with Rain Wilson, Dwight Schrute from The Office. A few months ago, as you remember, I was at his home. Uh, we had a wonderful conversation. And here are three of my favorite minutes with Rain. I want to say this. This is another thing I've been thinking about. Since Trump got elected, mm -hmm. you know, we live in a culture of um, protest. So there's a, some law we don't like, like, oh, transgender kids can't use the bathrooms now. Like, I hate that law. Oh, how dare they have that law? Oh, I hate that law. Oh, it's, it's unjust. Ah. Or there's some other, you know, shooting of an innocent black kid. And like, I, I hate the way the cops are racist and the institutionalized racism. I'm, I protest that. And, and there's a law passed or, you know, there's climate change, you know, coal companies yep. get to dump their crap into a stream. Like, how dare they? How dare they pass that law? And, and protest is super important and has played a, a tremendous sure. role in the, in the history of our country. And the biggest changes have come through large social movements of protest. So I don't want to downplay them at all, but... It's not enough to protest. 100%. You, you have to do, you've got to build something. You've got to build something as an alternative to what you're protesting. You can't just wait for the next injustice to come up and then scream about it and get your friends and protest and go online and start a website and raise some money or give some money to the ACLU or whatever. Like, that's just not, that's not enough. You have to, yep. you have to build, I'm not going to say what it is to build something, but you have to create a positive alternative. You've got to create a, a, a way to heal people and bring people together of some kind of platform. So uh, I, I think that's super important. That's huge. It's the reason I'm doing this yeah. is to help people get past the angry tweeting or the, you know, the raising the fists. If they, if we do that, you know, that's fine. But if we do that and don't figure out what our thing is, what's our contribution to the world, yeah. then it's all, I don't, I don't really care that you're upset about that thing because it's not really causing you to act. It's not really causing you to create something that's going to actually change that someday. Yeah. You know, so if you're mad about the 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 kid that got shot by the police, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to tweet about it, or are you going to go mentor? Are you going to go yeah. be an agent of change in that in that area in that arena? Because anybody can get on here and I mean, that's Twitter is not fun anymore, dude. No, like it's, it's not. not. And I'm part I, of the not fun. I tweeted the other day. I said Twitter should be named, should be renamed Shouter. It's <laughs> yes. Just, yeah, it's not tweeting anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's just angry all caps starting from our commander in chief all the way down. It's just we're yeah. all just shouting on there and getting mad at each other, retweeting, you know, the latest and then getting, giving our comment or our commentary on top of that. And so I love that. That's, and, even, and even larger in like doing something about that thing that you care about, like, 
actively trying to create a world where, God, I just want to go back to the hippie movement where all you need is love. Like, just just go back to just love. Like, we need justice and love at the same time. We yeah. need social justice and we need incredible love at the same time. How do you build that across all areas in your life, um, you know, in a, in a conscious way and... Um, uh, it's hard as hell, and most people give up before they get to that place. Yeah, it's so then they just hard. stay in the justice, 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 and never get to the, no, it's actually a beautiful marriage with love. Next, I want to share a few minutes from my conversation with Britt Gilmore, just to recall who Britt is. She's amazing, first of all. She is the president of The Giving Keys, an organization that sells jewelry and other things that help transition people out of homelessness and into stable lifestyles and homes. Over half of their 70-person staff were formerly homeless and are now making a living for themselves. A wonderful organization. Britt is amazing. She was recently named one of Forbes' top 30 under 30 entrepreneurs. And without further ado, three minutes of my conversation with Britt Gilmore. Ground Zero is such a fun place to be. Sky's the limit. Yeah. Like it's a total blank canvas. So if that's where you are, congratulations. That's a fun place to be in life. Um, honestly, this sounds so simple, but I would suggest sitting in your bedroom or going to a coffee shop or going out and sitting in a park, wherever you can feel connected to yourself and peaceful mm. and bring something to write on and just ask yourself the question, what am I created for? And take the time to really like feel that and think through that. Cause there's different moments in life uh, where I think we get spoken to through other people or even just our own sort of like inner dialogue that ultimately I really believe we all know like what we're made for. Mm -hmm. We just have to create the space to get in touch with it. So that would be like step one is just giving yourself enough space to really connect and ask that question. Um, and then don't wait too long to start moving on it. Right. Talk to a friend, talk to somebody that you trust or talk to a mentor and give it legs. Like just start taking it one step at a time. And, and I think giving keys is a great example of that too. It wasn't like there was a huge venture capital like backing to start this thing, like Caitlin threw some money into getting some keys and chains and started reinvesting the profits from the sales back into the company. And little by little it's grown. And if you feel overwhelmed by the idea of starting a business and going out and getting funding, like just start with what you have and let it grow organically. And it doesn't have to be like a crazy tech company that just scales overnight. Sure. But yeah, I think you just have to make space to listen to what's going on inside of you. Yeah, I think that you said a key thing there about just having mentors around us, mm -hmm. mentors and coaches. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like you have some of those. So many. <laughs> I, I, I think it's so important. That I think that's probably a huge reason you've been successful and that I've been able to do some of the things that I've done is because I have people around me that... Um, I try to surround myself pe with people that are thoughtfully critical, so not yes. like mean critical, yeah. but they will 
tell you that is a that is a bad idea. Yes. Like, don't go down that road. You're not equipped to do that. Or, no, this is really great, but here are the people you need to surround yourselves with. I have We have people that tell it like it is. Yeah. And I think it fizzles out for a lot of people because they keep it in a journal entry. Yeah. Or they, they make plans and then they put it aside to... Um, watch their next show yeah. or, and they don't move on it. That was also an important thing that you said is just start. Like none of, we, we, we're so bad or we're so good at actually, we're so good at comparing our blooper reel to everyone's highlight reel, right? Yeah. So look at you and they're like, oh my gosh, Britt Gilmore, like president of the giving keys. That's so amazing. I can never do that. And it's like, well, no, she wasn't always president of the giving keys. She wasn't always involved in this organization. She was um, a buyer for a, you know, a, a website and yeah. it just wasn't always this way. And it yeah. took, it took steps. It took starting. It took just moving on it, taking Yeah, I risks. mean, there's days when I was working at, I was managing a retail store in LA and it was like miserable. Like I would show up and unlock the store and have to like organize all the clothes and like separate all the hangers and finger space and all like just things that felt so monotonous to me. But I was still learning through that process. And I think that the frustration can be turned into motivation to take steps towards things that you really want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. You got to exactly. figure channel out how to the, channel it. Channel the frustration, the anxiety. Like, what, what do I really want to be doing? We'll use that yep. to help you shut the social media off, shut, the, any, shut anything off the yeah. negative voices that you need to, to be able to make steps forward in that. Here's a few minutes from my conversation with Timothy Sykes. Just as a reminder, Timothy was a guest that I had that raised a few eyebrows, not necessarily in a bad way, because I think Timothy is amazing, but he wasn't the typical guest. Timothy is a millionaire, mid-30s. If you go follow him on Instagram, it's instagram.com forward slash Timothy Sykes. 900,000 plus Instagram followers, flashes his Lamborghini, his Ferrari, his lavish lifestyle. But I brought him on because he is an example of someone that really enjoys life to the fullest, you could say that, but also spends so much time, energy, and money giving back to people. He's already contributed millions of dollars of his own money to start schools with Pencils of Promise in Guatemala and other places around the world. Actually, if you check his Instagram stories and his Instagram account, you'll see that right now he's in Guatemala or has been for a couple weeks opening new schools there. An incredible man, incredible story. Super stoked to see how he continues to use his platform and his finances to affect the world for good. So without further ado, here is a few minutes with Timothy Sykes. If everybody uh, that only can give 10 or 15 or $50 actually gave instead of talking themselves out of it because it's not a big gift, that's millions and millions and millions of dollars. So you and your place, wherever you are, making 30, 40, $50,000 a year, you have a lot to give, both of your time and energy and money. So don't don't look at Tim's gift of a million and say, well, I can't do that, so I'm just going to keep it and go buy more Starbucks drinks. There is a place for you. There's a way that you can give right now. Yeah, you know, great or small. And the same goes true with me, you know, teaching. I have several millionaire students. I have several students who are just happy to make like $100 in a day. You don't have to rush you know, big things and greatness all at once. It's a journey and you really should value the journey. So some of you guys out there listening who are making 30, 40, 50,000 a year, that's a fine place to start. You know, hopefully it pays for some of like your, your student loan debt or your, uh, you know, expenses, but you can use that as a starting point. And then 
if you focus on whatever it is that really moves you and you're passionate about and you have, let's say, a five or a 10-year plan, how can you grow your nest egg? How can you grow your personal savings? Not just to you know give to charity, but to really give to yourself and, and benefit yourself and build a better life for you and your loved ones and your family. So you have to kind of look at this as something that is going to take you several years, if not decades. But most of the people that I talk to, they're they're too kind of focused on the short term and, and instant gratification. And if you expand your mind, you know, I was a philosophy major, so I think a little differently. But if you, you know, step outside of the next six months or year and you start thinking, wow, what can I do today that will really benefit me and the world in five or 10 or 20 years? And you really focus on those kinds of big goals. You will be surprised at how quickly you will achieve. Love it. Last question is a hypothetical, but one of my favorites to ask. When you die someday, which hopefully won't be for many, many years, for some odd reason, I'm giving your eulogy. All of your fans and your friends and your students, uh, all the kids that you've affected, all the schools that you've started, they're all there to honor you. In three to four sentences, uh, Tim, what, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered for? Um, I mean, for me, it's, it's not about like, you know, naming the schools after me or getting trophies or awards or even money. I hope to pass down my kinds of experiences and, and lessons and rules um, and just try to help other people realize that if we share more, you know, transparently, whether you're in the stock market, you share your wins and losses and your, your theories and your experiences, or if you're in any other industry, share your personal stories, uh, both good and bad, and just try to really rise, you know, raise up the, the whole human collective wisdom. You know, this isn't coming out very well because I'm dead and, you know, I, yeah. I didn't plan my eulogy very <laughs> it's well. It's all good. But if we just share more and we really try to help each other, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not a communist, I'm a capitalist, but I do think that if we think about the greater good and, you know, really try to help one another, we help ourselves and we help our whole race. So that's what I'm focused on and it's not an easy thing to do you know to to really think about other people rather than just yourself but i think it's a, a good way to to be this next clip is from my conversation with nicholas Gaines, suicide prevention officer for the department of defense he works in the military he has spent many many years serving soldiers and others that are struggling with PTSD, suicide, addictions, and you know, those sorts of things. And I had a wonderful time. It was very touching. I know several people in my life right now that are struggling with these things. And so it was very real. It was very tangible to interact with Nicholas. He's a good friend of mine. And I think these three minutes that I'm going to share from my conversation with him are very valuable and they will help you as you inevitably Maybe you're the person that's struggling with suicidal thoughts. Maybe you've tried to commit suicide, but maybe you're also a friend of yours, a family member is struggling with these things. And he gives us very practical steps on how to love these people well, to be there for them. So here's a few minutes with Nicholas Gaines. Based on your experiences, how would you suggest to, again, so these are not trained professionals. I'm not a trained professional when it comes to suicide intervention. So regular people that come in contact, or maybe it's them, right? But regular people that come in contact with people struggling with suicide, self-harm, these sorts of things, what would you suggest 
we do. Like, um, I, I, I foresee that happening more as I get out more in the public eye and I've, it's, it, it is happening more. Just people that are really down and there are lots of things happening in their lives. So specifically with the things you've addressed, suicide, self-harm, those sorts of things, what would you uh, recommend to those listening to just some kind of first steps they can take in helping out, loving, being there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say number one is people sometimes feel ill-equipped to listen, right? They're like, well, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a clinician. I'm not a pastor. That's not my training. Kind of like you said. And I think the biggest part of this is that you just have to be present. You have to be willing to be present. When a person sharing their pain with you, when a person is saying like, I want to kill myself or they might, you know, a lot of people don't say it in that way. They kind of say, I'm tired or I just don't want to be here. Or, I, I just want it all to end. They're talking to you because they trust you. Therefore, because they trust you, let them have that moment. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to, to do anything. All you have to do is honor it and be present with them. Um, I think the way that we show up for people and be present in their life is really just asking you know, three questions. Are you okay? Would you like to talk about it? And can we go get help? I think asking someone, are they okay? It's kind of those moments where you realize or the person realizes that like you have noticed a marked, note, a marked change in their behavior and you're just inquiring about it. And asking them if they want to talk about it is really giving them the floor where they don't feel like they have to explain anything, but giving them the floor to be able to talk through their stuff as much as, as shallow or as deep as they want. And the can we get help is the, you know, you partnering with them and saying, I'm here, here's my hand, let's, let's go do this. Again, you don't have to be the fixer. You don't have to be the, the counselor, but I, I look at it kind of as like a, you know, if my kids are playing at the, at the, at the park down the street. And someone falls out and has a heart attack. I am not a cardiologist. <laughs> I'm training what I do and I'm really good at it, but that is not what I'm good at. But what they do need is a first aid responder to call 911 and they need somebody to do those, you know, those chest, those chest compressions. That's what it is when someone says that they are thinking about killing themselves. All your job at that moment is to do is to get that person to safety and then let the people who are professionals like myself and others take it from there. And last, but definitely not least for today, here's a few minutes with Golri's Lucina from Soul Pancake. She's become a friend of mine. She's a wonderful, wonderful person, very gifted, very talented, and she's put her gifts and talents and skills to use to create great content that helps people be happy and joyful and want to share life with other people through the company that her husband, and Rain Wilson started called Soul Pancake. I'm sure you've seen their videos online. They have a huge and growing platform on YouTube and on, on other social media channels. And so wonderful conversation, really loved it. And these few minutes were especially impactful for me. I hope they are for you as well. Here's a few minutes with Golri's Lucina from Soul Pancake. Most of the Let's Give a Damn family wants to do something that changes the world and helps those around them. I think everybody does, but can you give some practical steps? One, two, three, doesn't matter. Can you give some practical steps to the listeners on how they can begin to do that? I think a lot of times people are just like, well, I want to do that. I want to give back. I want to help. I want to be part of you know, something like what Lava May is doing or whatever, but I just don't know where to start because I've got, you know, a, a nine to five job. I've got kids, I've got student loans, I've got all these things going on. Can you help us with, from your perspective, 
a few things that they can do to begin doing that like today, things they could even implement like right after listening to this interview? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think that part of it is it can be really overwhelming because there's just so many yeah. uh, ways and so many things that need help and so many people that are hurting. So it's kind of like if you take a lay of the land, it's like, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, and so that's where you always have to sort of come back to, you know, back to yourself. And and really, I think it takes knowing who you are. And I love sort of talking about our design and our blueprint um, because here we are, we're all these little people that are somehow here together. But each one of us has this ability, this agency, this something we can each do that kind of is almost effortless for us and maybe a little harder for your friends. So you have to clue into what it is you can do with ease and what it is that really makes your soul vibrate and really know yourself well enough to go, you know, for me, that is X. Maybe it's an outlet of art. Maybe it's an outlet of um, you know, working with animals, like, what is it? I guess this is the question I would say, answer the question, what makes your soul vibrate? What Mm. gets you really excited? Because in that lies the answer to the way you could probably best be helping people. You know, if you are everyday dreaming about, you know, uh, taking photographs or, you know, taking portraits of people, I think that's how someone like a humans of New York, you know, comes into play where, He takes something that he's so passionate about, but then uses it to serve the world. So I think sort of coming back to your passion and coming back to like what gets your heart, like, you know, starts making your heart flutter and gets you really excited, what you can talk about for hours, what you can stay up late at night researching in that lies the answer to how you could probably start by, you know, giving a damn and putting that into action. Um, But I take some sort of self-awareness and self-knowledge because I don't think we should be all things to all people. Um, I think that, uh, I think that's kind of a dilution of our efforts. I think there's something signature that each one of us was placed here to do. It's so, it can be really fun. It can be really arduous, but it can be really fun to kind of unpack all the layers and figure out what that is. Guys and girls, I hope that was as much fun for you as it was for me, just to recall some of our favorite moments so far on the Let's Give a Damn podcast. I want to point your attention once more to our sponsors, Scout Books. Remember, go there, 15% off, scoutbooks.com forward slash give a damn. That's scoutbooks.com forward slash give a damn. If you'd like to support this show, please do one of two things or both. You can leave a review for us on iTunes. That helps a ton. Helps us get into the eyes and ears and lives of more people. You can also support us monthly on the Patreon platform. You can go to patreon.com slash let's give a damn. That's patreon.com forward slash give a damn to find out more. There's perks for the different levels of contribution. Also, if you have any feedback, encouragement, ideas, or whatever, hit me up at hello at nicklapara.com. That's my email. I check it every day. I want to hear from you or hit me up at nicklapara or let's give a damn everywhere on social media. We would love to hear from you. I leave you with this amazing quote from one of my favorites and one of your favorites, Martin Luther King Jr. He's one of our favorites and I share a lot of MLK Jr. because he's right about a lot of things and he truly lived a give a damn life. So here's the quote. He says this, the time is always right to do what is right. It's short, it's sweet, 
It's succinct and it's so very true. I hope you take that to heart. The time is always right to do what's right now. Don't wait, don't delay. I love you guys very much. I hope you are looking forward to the episodes ahead. Over the next four or five days, I'm gonna be, like I said, in New York, DC, Baltimore, and Philly, recording amazing podcast conversations with incredible people. I can't wait to share them with you. Hope to talk to you soon. Love you guys very much.